0: Something's happened to VEDA support. System error, system
1: error, system error. You're kidding me. We're
0: expendable, I knew it. Exia, what's the matter? Come on Gundam.
1: Now we wait, as they come to punish us for our deeds. This cannot be happening. There's still so much for us to do.
2: Veda made the decision to abandon.
1: and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's giving Gundam 00 a try. My name is Jeremy.
2: I'm getting good to take
1: the throne. I'm Tyler.
0: I can announce myself in one take. My name is Zach.
1: I think you used your joke for next week this week, Tyler.
0: Did I? I
2: don't think so. And it's literally note number two right here.
1: Okay, well, this week we are watching episode 21 of Gundam 00, Path of Destruction. And this is probably, one, we haven't recorded one of these in three weeks. And two, I watched these episodes like a week ago instead of today. So hopefully it goes all right.
0: <laughs> It'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I'm actually trying to remember what the heck even happened this episode. There's a bunch of fighting. That's mostly what I remember.
1: What happened last week is more important. Saji's sister died. Yep. All else was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 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 he turned uh,
0: into Mandark.
2: Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just, <laughs> exactly, Yes. Oh, yeah, also Ribbons and uh, Alejandro
0: oh, went to
1: the moon. Went yes. to the moon, yeah. That wizard went to the moon.
0: Fly me to the moon. No, that's
1: Evangelion. <laughs> they have to pay for that,
0: Zach.
1: <laughs> www.patreon.com slash podcasts.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah, Gundam O Man, there are four boys. They're getting along now. One is trying new pronouns, seeing how they feel.
2: <laughs> One of them is coming to terms with being a terrorist, I guess. He already came to terms
0: with being a terrorist.
2: Yeah, that's true. I guess the other can't...
0: one is be, is getting coming to terms with him being a terrorist.
2: Oh no, I'm saying that uh, Lockon is coming to terms with himself being a terrorist.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about Setsuna.
2: No, Setsuna doesn't care. Setsuna is coming to terms with being a Gundam.
1: Well, he's coming to terms with the fact that he is failing being a Gundam.
2: Yeah, also that I guess, which is the first step to becoming a Gundam.
1: Yeah, everybody knows that.
2: Yeah, step one. <laughs> Don't become a Gundam. <laughs> Don't become a Gundam. <laughs> Step two, become a new type. Step three, become a Gundam.
1: Yeah. And then step four, be in a Dynasty Warriors game. And whenever anyone gets a 100 kills, you yell, we are all Gundams.
2: <laughs> Is that actually a thing he does? Yes. Uh, uh, amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's everything you need to know about Gundam 00. I don't know. Go listen to some last episodes. Last week, we knew what we were talking about. That was three weeks ago. Us. We're, we're more on top of this.
2: I was going to say, Sumeragi hasn't been boozing recently, um, which is, you know, kind of disappointing. Um, although she does again this episode.
1: She has been <laughs>
0: boozing on screen, you mean. Well, yeah, I mean, that it
2: doesn't count otherwise. She's not bamboozled. Know. Ah, otherwise, she's just Schrodinger's drunk. We oh. don't know.
1: <laughs> well, we should bring up the butt plugs and how the nations have them now, and therefore they have mobile suits as strong as the Gundams. That's probably important. <laughs>
2: Butt plugs make them stronger. Mobile suit, Gundam, double butt plug. The,
1: the Jinxes, which I'm going to call GNXs for all of eternity, because that's what they're called. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say... It, it's I, like I, g- the gyms are GMs, but they call them gyms.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely sounded like people were calling them Jinxes. So. They, they do, but okay. no, I
1: don't. And that's my bad, not the show's bad. <laughs> but Zach is still trying to call it Double-Odd sometimes. It's because it's Gundam Double-Odd. It's provably not, but okay.
2: It's Gundam 00. It's part of Oceania's secret military service.
1: Uh, the
0: Oceania operators?
2: Yeah. That's what the 00 stands for.
1: <laughs> Anything else that's important? Soma Pierce was there. Uh, the three throne pilots are on the back foot.
2: Yeah, they are technically there. Um, Die. Yeah. I was going to say, they don't get their ass kicked this episode, right? That happened last episode.
1: Well, last episode they went to attack a base and Soma Pierce was there in a new mobile (laughs) suit. And they're like, what? And she was like, let's try spinning. That's a neat trick. And Nana got (laughs) kicked
0: in the head by Sergei.
1: Yes. And and Sergei did a roundhouse kick.
2: Okay, yeah. I remember this now. I remember this. Uh, Like you, I also watched this episode a week
0: ago, so it's a little bit fuzzy.
1: Alright, so we start at a police station in the Human Reform League. So
0: how far do you think Saji had to go for
1: this? I assume he was flown, but that's a good question. So do we think This is where Kinoe's body was dumped, or was this where she was investigating when Ali Sachez killed her?
0: I think this is at least the precinct in which she was investigating, or where uh, he dumped her. I don't think the two
2: were very far apart. I can't imagine Ali Sachez went on a road trip with a corpse.
1: He is a world traveler, we know this. He might have just dumped it out the window.
0: Okay, that's fair. No, it looked more planned than that. (laughs) Conveniently in an alley. But yeah, so Saji's terrible, terrible week continues as he has been flown out to this Human Reform League police precinct in order to identify his sister's body. And it's his sister's body. <laughs> Pretty
2: identifiably. It's just not been a bit of good week for him.
0: And he asks, you know, why her and all that and starts calling her name as this officer stands there rather awkwardly like. Well, this isn't the first time I've seen this, I but was gonna it's say, never going to be any easier.
2: Oh, I was thinking he's trying to consider what to have for dinner. <laughs> this is just another Tuesday for him.
1: And that's the cold open.
2: Cold like a morgue. I had to say it.
1: <laughs> I set you up for it, so I can't be upset that you did <laughs> So cut to the moon, where Ali Al-Sache, Ali where Alejandro Corner and Ribbon's Allmark are hanging out. They've found Veda, and Corner is like, this is Aelia Schenberg." This is the heart of celestial beings' plans. How much is
2: it
0: actually Aeolia Shenberg?
1: Well, we'll find out a little bit in the next episode, right?
0: Kind of? It seems like it's a little of column A and a little of column B. Well, I I was wondering if
2: it's like a copy of his consciousness running as a supercomputer or if it's just a supercomputer and also his Walt Disney-ass corpse.
0: I'd believe that it was actually, or at least the foundation for Veda was a copy of his personality.
1: That is neither confirmed to died, certainly. So is like, do you think you can do it, Ribbons? And he's like, yes, but I'm not a speedrunner. I'm going to take some time.
0: Apparently this area doesn't have any oxygen because they're still wearing their spacesuits. Well, I presume it doesn't have any atmosphere. Or maybe they just
2: decided not to take them off just because it's slightly more convenient to not have to get unsuited. Although, I have no idea how much time actually elapses over the course of this episode, and Ribbon spends the entire time hacking. I
1: think it's a couple days.
2: Yeah, Ribbon spends the entire time hacking. They never eat, as far as I can tell.
1: So we cut back to the Ptolemaios, where Sumeragi is giving orders about getting information and trying to stop the data from going into Veda. And they are just now bringing up visuals of the fight, which means Sumeragi must have inferred last episode. That the Jinxes were existing, like we said she might. They didn't actually know until this moment.
0: Such a dumb-looking mech. I don't hate it.
1: I don't hate it either, but I don't like it.
0: Yeah, okay, fair.
1: And they confirm that, yes,
0: those machines do indeed have GN butt plugs.
1: Cut to the Mountain Dew Extreme Africa base, where they have not been able to get a hold of Laguna. They being Druggies Code Red.
0: And so they're complaining that they can't get in contact with Laguna... And the UN has new machines, and they're all trying to murder them.
1: And Johan is like, mmm. Cut back to corner being like, so how's it going? And Ruben's like, I'm through level five and working on level six. But this is where the game starts to get hard. So why don't I give you some information to pass the time?
0: Hey, look at this.
1: Laguna Harvey has distributed all of the jinxes. And that means it's time to murder him. (laughs) Da-da-da-da!
2: Is that really a necessary part of the plan? What is
0: the problem with having him hang around.
1: Loose lips sink ships, alias Sanchez on the other (laughs) hand. (laughs) Well,
0: alias Sanchez is perfectly loyal so long as you pay him.
2: Do we think Alejandro knows that al-Sanchez exists?
0: I think uh, Alejandro Corner is actually paying
1: him. Yeah, I agree with Zach.
2: I had not interpreted that. Up until now,
1: there's been no indication of that. It seems like he's working for Laguna before now.
2: Yeah, that's what I was assuming, so.
1: But especially given something that will happen next episode, I feel like he must.
2: Yeah. Okay, we'll get there when we get there. I'm I'm curious what makes you think that, but.
0: So Daryl here has volunteered to pilot the new GNXs in opposition to Graham, and now Daryl gets to work alongside Patrick Collisar, our favorite boy, (laughs) who immediately (laughs) trips over a pipe
1: in zero gravity,
0: (laughs) because Daryl doesn't know who he is.
1: And he's like, ah, I'm Patrick Colasar, the number one ace in the AAU. And Daryl's like, Colasar, Colasar, oh, right, you got your ass kicked when the Gundams first showed up. And Patrick's like, I'm very sensitive about that. Anyway, where's your cool boss guy, Graham Acre? And Daryl's like, Graham Acre will not be taking part in this operation. And Colasar's like, ah, he chicken.
2: Uh, yeah, Daryl does not take this, uh, well.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: of course he doesn't. I love how he gra- just grabs him. And shouts in in Kolasar's face, who immediately is like, Don't! Not the face!
1: I don't believe in violence!
2: Well, I, I love Patrick Kolasar, a career military man, is like, I don't believe in violence!
1: Hey, he's never lost a mock battle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a fair
1: point. The, oh, Kadi Madakin shows up and is like, hey, To I'm bail sorry. him out. I'm so sorry that my idiot was bothering you. <laughs> oh, Kolasar is so much fun. Yes, he's the best. <laughs> So Daryl salutes and she's like, yeah, I'm Colonel Cotty Monikin. I'm going to be in charge of this operation. Nice to meet you. And he's like, you'll get my best. Now, idiot, come with me. And she's like, yes, I expect that. Come on, puppy. (laughs) (laughs) She just calls him like a dog.
2: I love also how he, like, disconsolately chases after her. It's so out of, I was going to say, out of character for the series, not out of character for Patrick at all. It's a
1: little bit Saji and Luis in a weird way, Monikin and khalasar almost the new saji and louise <laughs> now that they've been tragedied
0: i feel like khalasar has even less of a backbone than saji though when it comes to the colonel
1: yes but specifically only with her whereas while they are comedy daryl is like i must get results otherwise giving up the flag would have been pointless and i won't be able to face the captain because brood, we, brood.
2: we really care about flags specifically for some reason
1: because that one guy died
2: <laughs> what was his name again
1: wasn't Daryl.
2: Howard the Duck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Howard the Duck died. His (laughs) box office was a total failure, and we must avenge him with a flag. (laughs) Go back to the Ptolemaios where Felt and Christina are doing some programming. It's very boring, because it's programming.
0: (laughs) And uh, Sumeragi brings them drinks.
1: Yeah, Mom comes in with water bottles, and throws one to Christina and one to Felt.
0: So
2: I watching this i'm like i bet she put the wine coolers in those <laughs> i did i'm
1: like
0: i bet those have alcohol in them
2: and 100 they do
0: yeah.
1: i like to think when felt burst into laughter for a second it's not like oh because it's funny they have alcohol it's like christina you didn't know they were gonna have alcohol in them. they were <laughs> that, obviously gonna have alcohol that
0: that, that was my thought too of like you know felt starts laughing because it's like what you expected a drink from sumeragi to have something other than alcohol in it
1: but they are like water bottles for space Sumeragi gives one to Felt as well, which makes me wonder how old Felt is, because she reads as like 18 to me, but that's fine. Also, she is uh, taking fashion tips from Kira Yamato with her stockings and gloves. Like
0: thigh-high boots and over-the-elbow gloves that are held in place by belts.
1: Sumeragi's like, hey, thanks for working, girls. And they're like, hey, it's our job. We're about 80% done, but are you sure that we should make a system for cutting the Gundams off of Veda's support? It's been very important up until now, with all the times we've established how Veda was helping in mid-combat.
0: It'll be tough on the pilots. Like we, the, uh, It is weird that they haven't expressed this before.
1: They kind of have with things like when the Nautilus got hacked earlier, but yeah, we don't really know how Veda helps them in a moment-to-moment sense.
0: Then Christina takes a drink and immediately starts coughing because she didn't think it would have alcohol in it.
1: And she's like, hey, you spiked my drink. Tsumuragi's like, oops, sorry. And Felt <laughs> cracks up, having seemed to already take a sip. So I feel like it's, again, it's an absolutely, of course it was going to have alcohol. Or she's a complete white lake.
2: There's a time skip between season one and season two with them double O E, right? Yes. Felt is 14. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so, what? maybe Tsumuragi didn't spike her drink because she wouldn't let Alleluia. Oh, that is true.
0: Yeah, Yeah, she is kind of She would not give Alleluia alcohol when he was underage.
1: But that's not explicit here. 14? I mean, I thought she was too young for lock-on, but 14.
0: Yeah, it is a little...
1: I mean, I guess girls develop faster than boys, but that does not look 14.
2: (laughs) No, that looks like anime 14 is the problem.
1: Madoka Kaname is 14. That looks like
2: Shonen 14. Okay, so by comparison, how old do you think Christina is?
1: I would well if she's fourteen. I'm gonna say Christina's sixteen. Okay, I'll go a little higher and say eighteen.
2: She's (laughs) twenty (laughs) two.
1: The ages in this show don't make sense, and not in the normal anime. Not make sense. (laughs) How old is Sumaragi?
2: Um, I think she's like twenty six.
1: She's no. Based on this logic, she's ten.
2: Sumeragi is twenty six.
0: I was right.
2: (laughs) Well played.
1: So Lockon is the old man.
2: Lock-On is literally the old man in the crew. Well, I guess there's also Dr. What's-His-Face. I already forgot his name.
1: Oh, Ian Voshti is the mechanic. I don't remember the doctor's name. We haven't met him yet. That's next episode. Yeah, I, th- I was we, really... We won't com- even really meet him.
2: Yeah, I was thinking of Ian Voshti. He's actually the old man, but he's barely part of the crew, so...
1: Spoilers, he is a kid, so... Wait, what? <laughs> we'll meet them later.
2: What? <laughs>
1: Ian Voshti has a kid.
2: Oh, I thought he said
0: he, he is, is a kid. A kid. No.
1: Sorry, if I said that, I am mistaken. I apologize. (laughs) Sumeragi's like, hey, you've loosened up, felt, which surprises her.
0: And makes felt blush.
1: And Christina and Sumeragis are like, it's a good thing. And Sumeragi encourages them to finish as the scene ends. And now because
0: they're holding their drinks, they're
1: programming one-handed.
2: Oh, they've reached the Balmer Peak, Zach. Have I never explained the Balmer Peak? You're giving me a blank look. Okay, so um, this is named after, I think, Stephen Balmer, he used to be a CEO of Microsoft.
1: I'm going to let you finish. Okay. Is Kira Yamato always at the Balmer Peak?
2: Yes, by virtue of being sober. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he, uh, so Mr. Balmer proclaimed that there is an optimal amount of alcohol for any task. A lot of tasks at zero. Specifically with relation to programming, it's about one and a half to two drinks in. This is called the Balmer Peak. (laughs) They have reached it.
1: Anyway. Tiarya, who is straight edge like Zack, is in the briefing room watching videos of the Jinxes.
0: In the floor.
1: Be like, it's clear someone is manipulating Veda. But without Veda, how can we fight against machines just like ours? But then Lock-On comes in. Be like, hey, something on your l- mind? You worry too much, man. Even if we can't rely on Veda, we'll just have to do it. We've got Gundams and Sumaragi and Shonen Spirit. I mean, <laughs> Sumeragi like, I hasn't it.
0: been... Super reliable, and your Gundams are now equally matched by their new machines.
2: But Shonen Spirit, Zach.
0: I mean, they can't match Shonen Spirit.
2: Oh, I mean,
1: yeah. Patrick Collisar might be able to.
0: True.
2: Graham Aker definitely could, but he's not participating,
1: so... <laughs> is like, ah, oh, Sumeragi, you must not be aware of all the crimes she committed in the past.
0: And Lockhart's is like, yeah, I already know that, but uh, it was just a mistake. It's not like she went out intentionally and set bombs under everybody's seatbelts.
1: Everybody makes mistakes. She just made a big one. And that's why she drinks. <laughs> anyway, that's what humans do. They try to be better and they drink to forget the pain.
2: <laughs> and Tiara is like, hmm,
1: interesting. Well, Tiara is like, humans, wait, are you implying that you know about me? But before he can answer that, Alleluia calls. is like, hey, Sumaragi gave orders to be on standby.
0: She heard that you guys were having a heart to heart right now and had to get in the way of that. And rather
2: than giving a goddamn straight answer... Lock-on's just like, well, let me say this. Monologue, monologue,
0: monologue. Monologue. <laughs> I think it's more a matter of he doesn't care. Like, he does know about Tiaria, but he doesn't, whatever it is, he doesn't
1: care.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think that's really the thing. He's basically like, we have to rely on our shounen spirit.
1: Well, he's like, it'll be more important than ever that we cooperate. And uh, tari kinda... like, you should tell that to Setsuna. And lock like, yeah, maybe you're right.
2: When is Setsuna ever abandoned the mission to go take care of a personal
0: vendetta? When hasn't Setsuna abandoned the mission to go take care of a personal vendetta? There's been like two episodes.
1: In a Zedistan, asterisk, as may have been a personal vendetta. <laughs> Speaking of Setsuna and a Zedistan, we cut to broken a Zedistan with all sorts of smashed up walls and equipment, and Setsuna just holding a machine gun staring at the sunset.
0: And it is a our current Setsuna holding a machine gun staring at the su- at the sunset. As well as a child says to us, so this isn't a flashback. Man, those things really got around. I mean, it looks like an AK 47.
1: Yeah, they made a lot of them.
0: And they never break down.
1: But then, Marina Ismail is calling to him, being like, hey, Soren. And he's like, what are you doing in the middle of.
0: Wherever the fuck this is.
1: And she's just like, come over here, Soren. You're done. You don't have to fight anymore. Come here.
2: And is like, it's weird that you know my real name. I don't recall telling you that. No,
1: he he did tell her that.
2: Oh, did he? Yeah, he did.
1: It was the first name he gave her. Gotcha. But then he was like, no, I'm Cessna FCA. And if you don't get your country together, we're going to come murder it. Uh,
0: Yeah, I thought he gave her a different fake name. I think he does give her a, a a different fake name. But then he later gives her his real name. Okay. In that same conversation.
1: So Marina Ismail's like, look, a single flower. It's symbolic and stuff.
0: I'm the Lorax. I speak for the flowers.
1: Thanks to solar power, we have flowers again. And things will finally get better, Setsuna. And he's like, what are you talking about?
0: You don't have to fight anymore. You you're, you did your job. Good job. Go take a nap.
1: <laughs> You've done enough, Sora." So Setsuna slowly drops his AK-47.
0: It doesn't look like an AK in that.
1: Well... Animation is inconsistent. And then he wakes up and he's like, oh, no, I was already taking a nap. How am I supposed to take a nap if I was already taking a nap?
0: He looks genuinely startled when
1: he wakes up. I actually really, really like this scene where Sauron's like, oh, it's just a dream.
2: I wonder how frequently he has vivid dreams like that.
0: Or if this is a weird experience for him.
1: That's a good question, because we've seen him have very vivid hallucinations before. But the I, way he reacts, I don't think he has a lot of those. I, I don't
0: think he has a lot of these vivid dreams. That's my impression as well. Or at least well. not these kind of dreams. He's probably more used to getting like the PTSD dreams of when he was a child soldier. So having one like this is probably a, a very different experience for him.
1: So anyway, he was like, why am I dreaming about Marina Ismail? She hasn't been in an episode in like 10 episodes.
0: She was in an episode last week. And what did she do? Watch TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then he immediately goes, more importantly, do I want to quit? I need to psychoanalyze myself before I get into a big fight if I want to quit. If my mind's set on quitting, that's not a good sign.
0: No, you don't have to necessarily be have your mind set on quitting to think, can I be done?
1: Yeah, but he's 16 and he's like, oh man, I did just tell Lockout if I died, it'd be fine with him doing it. Is that a sign that I also want to quit? Would I be okay dying because I get to quit? Cut to Sergei Smirnov and his jinxes.
2: I feel like Sergey Smirnov they gotta be and
1: really
0: the jinxes careful is a good band that. name.
1: <laughs> they are over Africa heading towards the Mountain Dew Extreme Base.
0: And Soma is like, huh, I wonder if I'm going to get to feel victory again. And
2: then they announce a code red.
1: Yep. And a giant code red energy beam <laughs> shoots from the Mountain Dew Extreme base and, and takes out one of the jinxes.
0: Yep. And we do get to uh, see that all three of them had docked together for
1: this. Yeah. And they shot through the mountain, which is a very cool shot. And they're like, got one. But Michael's like, hey, we used the high mega and we only got one.
0: I mean, to be fair, you only fired a direct shot instead of the like the panning beam they used previously.
1: So, Johan's like, you betrayed us, Laguna Harvey. Or maybe you intended to abandon us from the start. Cut to dead Laguna Harvey with his blood all on the table.
0: I mean, that that was my initial thought, as was on previous episodes, that I thought they were planning on killing them off anyway.
1: Yeah, well, that certainly seems to be the plan. It's just not Laguna Harvey's plan.
0: Or it might have been. We'll never know.
2: He's
1: dead. True. So, Johan's like, all right, we got to cut through them. That's our only option. Let's-a go.
0: Cut to Sumeragi entering the bridge, and I had the immediate thought, because both Felt and Christina are, like, asleep on their consoles. My first thought was, oh shit, did someone, like, gas the bridge or something?
2: <laughs> I thought they, uh, their drinks were poisoned.
1: <laughs> By Sumeragi.
2: By T-A-R-E-A.
1: But no, they just pulled an all-nighter. And Felt's only 14, so she needs her sleep like a good girl. But they have completed their work. The standalone operation system. Take this, Windows. <laughs>
0: And right as she takes a look at it, Sumeragi sees a whole bunch of enemy contacts
1: appear.
2: And intuits that because they only just now detected them, that they must be more jinxes.
1: Or have GN drives at the very least. Yeah. So, Felt and Christina wake up, and Sumeragi's like, hey, put on your normal suits. And they're like, this isn't the universal century. Do we call them those?
0: <laughs> I mean, I figure getting into your spacesuit would make more sense, or the em- or your emergency gear.
1: Yeah, well, it's normal suit as opposed to mobile suit.
0: Oh,
2: I was going to say as opposed oh. to party suit.
1: But it does sound like it should just be the tux, right? Get <laughs> to your tuxes, girls. We're about to fight. <laughs> Again, I guess we call them normal suits in this setting. First time we have so far. And Sumaragi says, hey, everyone to battle stations.
0: I like how Licti here was like, apparently watching something on his phone in his quarters.
1: And they have said 19 of the twenty u- of the 30 units presumably 10 are on the chobu team so where's the 20th 30th i suppose well oh no we now. know where we, we know we know where it is we will know where it is we don't know yet mm-hmm. i mean we, we were, know where the last reactor is
2: yeah we were heavily told earlier where that would probably be
1: i i feel like we haven't actually been told yet at all we will be that's right. it
0: hasn't even necessarily
1: been completely hinted at but yeah
0: anyway, so all the pilots get into their machines and uh Apparently, the bridge crew quick-changed.
1: And Sumerag is like, they probably thought they were going to catch us up guard. It's a good thing I happened to look at the radar while you were asleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they very nearly caught you with your pants down.
1: So they launch the Gundams.
0: And uh, Lock-On says, don't let your guard down, which everybody replies to with, roger.
1: And then we don't get an eye catch.
0: Hello,
2: friends. And thank you for gathering together today to mourn the death of February. But in other news, there's also a new episode of Gundam Up. And the beginning of March means that, hey, we're going to put up another Patreon bonus episode, and this month's is going to be on the third Modica Magica movie. The one that's original content, do not steal. I don't think there's anything particularly new to report, but hey, happy 2022. And if you feel like it, hop over onto our Discord and hang out, and yeah. Also, we did February's Game Night last night and played Lost Ark, and uh, I think we all agreed that sure is a game. Anywho, I'll let you get back to the episode. Moon.
1: Cut to apartment building in the special economic zone, Tokyo,
0: where uh, Saji apparently has also uh, was allowed to bring all of Kinoe's effects home.
1: I find the framing of this seem very weird. I think the scene is fine, but that this is going to be a flashback from here to the scene is weird to me, because after looking at her effects, Saji flashes back to talking with Kinue's boss.
2: Yeah, it took me a moment to understand what
0: was
1: happening there.
0: And we hear, like, about exactly what was going on with his dad, too.
1: He was a famous freelance journalist. Everybody knows his name. But he was framed by big company for <laughs> investigating them.
2: Which means he's just in prison, right? Saji so could go talk to him, right? I, I think he
1: says he has died. I thought oh, they, I okay. thought he said he died yeah, in prison.
0: He did, he did die.
1: I, I feel like if everybody knew he was framed and he was still in prison, <laughs> that sounds like the justice system. But... <laughs> And he's like, anyway, his catchphrase was search for the facts and then string them all together. And then my sister used that as a as a catchphrase too.
2: It's not a very good catchphrase. A little bit too long. It's no I
0: am here.
1: So Sasha's so like, please tell me what my, my sister was investigating. I even I can tell she didn't die in an accident.
0: She didn't accidentally get, <laughs> gets, fall on a knife in an alley. I mean, to be fair, she might have gotten mugged, right? Well, I mean, that still wouldn't be an accident.
2: Well, Okay, yeah, fair. I, I think more what they're getting at is that it is related to what she was investigating, as yeah. opposed to a random thing that happened.
1: And he's like, she was doing an in-depth report of Aeolia Schoenberg, the guy who claims to have founded Celestial Being. And Saji's like, why does Celestial Being hate me specifically this week?
0: <laughs> don't worry, Saji. They don't hate you. Setsuna barely remembers your name. Actually, most of Celestial Being doesn't know who you are. I get the feeling Setsuna kind of likes you.
2: I mean, he does talk to him, which is more than he, Setsuna does with
0: most people. He And he is reasonably polite when he has.
1: So then we come out of the flashback to Saji crying. And I get it. It just seems like a really weird scene to set up in a flashback instead of just showing the scene.
2: So, okay. My prediction. The first half of the series is going to end. We cut back to the time skip. Saji has started his own guerrilla warfare campaign. Saji's again.
1: the Punisher, but a yes. celestial being. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now is he the Punisher with a jet ski? The Punisher with a rocket launcher? Franken Castle?
2: <laughs> I forgot about that storyline. Um...
1: <laughs> we cut to space where the Jinxes are about to attack the Ptolemaeos. Daryl is impressed that they predicted the attack and not just got lucky. But Patrick Collisar is like. It doesn't matter to me. I've never lost a mark battle. So and yet now you haven't s- won a
0: real battle.
1: Well, he's <laughs> like, now that we're in similar machines, I have the advantage.
0: I would have
2: actually liked it if it turned out that Patrick is actually a really good pilot and we just, like he's just always been outmatched.
1: I mean, it turns out he's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's right. As fair. compared to the, even the other Jinx pilots here. Because he starts shooting, Tiaria brings up the GN field, but the, the Jinx immediately breaks through. When Tiaria says, even with... Equal machines. They must have figured out the compression ratio for that to work.
0: And as we have already established, most of the Gundam pilots are actually not that good.
1: Lock-on gets a hit on one of the shoulders, but his beam doesn't even scratch it. So the Jinxes have similar armor to the Gundams, presumably.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, are the Gundams actually more heavily armored than other things? Because they seem to just shrug off conventional weaponry.
0: I think it was more a matter of, like, they did possess heavier armor, in relation, but their armor was also of higher quality.
1: I also think the particles probably help, although that would be true for the jinxes as well, so not relevant to here. Two machines go after Setsuna in close combat, which doesn't seem like the best plan.
0: We do see that the Exia has like this wrist-mounted gun as well that he had never used before, which I think is actually kind of cool.
1: I do too. One of them's Daryl too, but Setsuna manages to fend them off, only losing one GN blade. But when he throws his daggers, they easily block them. (laughs) Uh, Colossar calls in his wingmen to be a support attack, which don't manage to hurt the Dynamis, but are pinning it down.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like neither of these guys can really hurt each other. I think they need the Virtue's big fuck-off cannon.
1: Alleluia starts to wonder if their destruction was part of Celestial Beings' plan.
0: Tierra can only remember he has one or the other of his big (laughs) fuck-off cannons.
1: Because he fires the shoulder ones and gets two limbs, but no kills. And Patrick Collisar goes in for a vengeance. But then he he starts to lock on with the second fuck off cannon. But then his HUD disappears and he's like, oh no, I forgot I turned that skull on.
0: <laughs> and so apparently Veda was doing something with like targeting as well, because it is all, all of the Gundams are now shut down.
1: Yeah, I can totally buy that it was running the whole OS, which is what we're going to find out. It's just, we- I don't know what the new OS doesn't have that Veda did. A connection uh, to Veda?
2: Yeah, I was going to say real-time data. I mean, it's probably just a static copy at a point in time.
1: That could make sense. Setsuna is struggling with the controls of his Gundam while he gets shot at, just kind of limping. And is like, ah, oh, this is our divine punishment for our deeds. Surprisingly, Hallelujah is not, like, jumping out to be <laughs> protesting I, of that. I
0: find it some, like, of all of them, like, they're just kind of drifting away. But the dynamis is slowly spinning.
1: <laughs> Tiara is mostly concerned that his boyfriend Veda abandoned him. And so the Jinxes are like, huh, looks like the Gundam stopped moving. And Daryl's like, this is fishy. It's either a trap or they have been betrayed. And I don't like either one.
0: <laughs> well, because it's super unsatisfying. You don't—you didn't actually win. Yeah. S- someone else cut their feet out from underneath them.
1: So Setsuna remembers that time he was going to die, but was saved by a Gundam. And he's like, oh, I'm in the Exia, but I'm still worthless. I still haven't become a Gundam.
2: Not like that cool
0: one. I accidentally found out who was piloting that one.
1: Oh. That's a spoiler.
0: It is. <laughs> oh, you as uh, t- uh, Tyler legitimately accidentally found yeah, out he was driving
1: that? Setsuna doesn't know.
2: Yeah, Satsuna has no idea yet. <laughs> Maybe ever. I don't know if he no- ever finds out.
1: Cutting away to someone who doesn't pilot a Gundam. <laughs> Ribbons asks Alejandro if he's sure he wants to do this. And he's like, yes, in order for the world to unite, the UN must be victorious against the Gundams. And as long as the GN drives remain, I can resurrect Celestial Being anytime I like. I will control it all. <laughs>
2: for reasons. I don't understand his actual plan, but.
1: Captain Christina is like, oh, man, I've just figured out these flashing lights are telling me their OS stopped working. <laughs> I, I
0: feel like this is all supposed to be happening at the same time.
1: Yes, almost certainly. And she's like, it's an intervention by Veda. And so Simuragi's like, yeah, activate the backup like we planned. That We literally had a contingency for this. I made you pull an all nighter for it.
2: So they press the button.
1: And sets is like, oh, is this the end of my life? And he remembers his dream and Marina's saying, "Hey, you've done enough now, Soren." He actually, it looks like he's hallucinating it because we see him in his helmet there.
2: Yep, uh, but, but then and, he rejects the premise.
1: Yes, which I, I also really like. He's like, "No, I'm not done yet. Actually, I'm not I'm, ready to die.
0: I'm still alive. I'm I'm not done yet." Move, damn you.
1: Let me try to show it in this hard enough to make it move. And it worked for Graham Aker. And And it
2: works. Yes, and from his perspective, it works. (laughs) Did they not tell the Gundam pilots about this plan? They
1: just (laughs) finished it, so... It still seems like while they were on standby, they should have briefed them, but... I
0: think one of the mentions that Sumeragi got the other system up and running.
1: Although, Sumeragi saw they'd done it right before she saw an attack was coming, so I don't know when they would have had time. But the Gundams turned back on. And Lockon's like, like, all right, but Tiarius isn't for some reason. There was an error in the virtue system transfer, and Christina can't figure out why. And Subaraki's like, uh, try to make it work.
0: As Setsuna charges Daryl and another uh, I think, unnamed dude.
1: I think the guy gets a name, but I don't remember what it is.
0: So both Lockon and Alleluia move in to support and like block for Tiaria, who's just
1: absolutely out of it.
2: Well, that's because Tiaria is having an existential crisis about Veda. So.
1: So, Captain Collister's like, I'm gonna get that big one for all the times it's humiliated me. Come on, guys, let's go. But Lock on fires missiles at him, which manages to pull him off. It doesn't really do much damage.
0: I thought it blew off a whole arm. You might be right. I don't think it blew off the arm because it has those, like, it has, like, that energy shield.
1: I think it did blow off the shield, though. The Exia goes in to slash at Daryl, but Daryl's friend gets a flank on him. But Tiaria takes, or but Setsuna takes an attack of opportunity and throws his third dagger right (laughs) in its cockpit. Henry. Oh, it's the guy who made all the math animatronics.
0: So Lockon has apparently lost his rifle.
1: Yeah, we saw Colossar take it in response to the missiles hitting, and Colossar has flanked them all and is going right for the Virtue with his beam sailing. Like, the Colonel will totally make out with me if I take one out.
0: <laughs> Aren't they supposed to be capturing them? I think at this point they're just destroying them. Okay.
1: I feel like from their point of view they don't think they need the technology anymore
0: uh, because they don't understand that it's different. <laughs> yes. As far as they know, it's just a different color. They don't know there's a reason for it. And so, Kolisar charges the virtue, but Lockon gets in the way and get down Mr. President him.
2: To be fair, he does try to block with his sweet, like, cape shield. Poncho vein. shields. Yes, thank you. I was trying to trench coat his sweet space trench coat.
1: But he gets Izak, and we see the beam. I actually do really like the animation of the beam saber slowly piercing through the shield, and then we see it getting into the cockpit.
0: And Dynamis... Gets he's th- very badly damaged, and Tierra just, like, is staring as Lockon drifts away.
1: And Kolasar is like, all right, I threw him out of the way. Time to stab this helpless one again. But then a giant beam comes from off screen to disintegrate his beam-sabering arm. And hey, it's a jet thing. And Lassie's here. He finally gets to use the GN arms he's been propping up all this time. It's got a big cannon. It's like a blue jet, basically. It's, it seems bigger than a jet. It's like a half a Zeta Gundam.
2: I was going to say it's just a core fighter,
0: again.
1: It's bigger than that. It's more heavily armed. It's like a double Zeta core fighter.
0: That's fair. He actually picks up a kill.
1: Yeah, so Setsuna, Johan, and Lassie are the ones who have killed Jinxes so far. (laughs) So the Jinx team gets a retreat flare, presumably because they've lost two Jinxes.
2: I was wondering why they withdrew, because I really feel like the odds haven't changed that much at this point.
1: Well, they're They're getting pretty beat. Like, I do feel like... Attrition, they would win eventually, but they've lost limbs, they've lost units, they've lost pilots.
0: Yeah, they've lost two two machines outright. Two machines are missing limbs. You, this thing is entirely new, and you don't know what it can do. Yeah,
2: uh, th- that was the big argument I could see is like we have no idea what this new thing is because it
0: did just show up and vaporize a guy.
1: And Lassie's like, I'm low on particles. I have to make this count. But they don't know that. Patrick's like, ah, no kiss. And Daryl's like, damn it, why do my H named friends always die? <laughs> I have no excuse for failing the captain like this.
2: Yet, twist, Daryl's actually weird friends with Harvey Laguna.
0: so <laughs> <laughs> He's a childhood acquaintance. Yep. And so they get a report that the Dynamis is damaged.
1: And Lock-On is injured from Haro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know why, but both the Japanese and English delivery of him going, Lock-On's hurt right after that is <laughs> just hilarious to me. And I don't know why.
0: I mean, it's super, like, melodramatic, but it makes a lot of sense because... Up to this point, the Gundams have largely been invincible. Like, the pilots haven't
1: been touched. And is like, no, it can't be. It's all my fault he got hurt. Walk on Stratos.
2: And then we uh, cut into the cockpit and see Lockon's on's darkened helmet and a bunch of blood in the cockpit.
1: And is like, very impressive celestial being. Coming up with a backup system in advance. I guess Sumeragi was the right person for the job.
0: I see we're playing 5D chess. <laughs> so Sumeragi's like, okay, all Gundams, meaning... Hallelujah and Setsuna, grab Lock-On and Tyria and bring him back.
1: Hey, Christina, notify Dr. Moreno. That's what we call our health care. <laughs> Remember that doctor we've had aboard this entire time? <laughs> Go get him. And Felt's like, oh no, Lock-On.
2: What the hell has the doctor been doing this entire time
0: since he- like... Reflex
1: tests. <laughs>
0: playing Pong. Checking Kisumaragi's
1: PAC. Hangover cures.
0: For whatever reason, I just got the image of this guy, like, making progressively more and more nasty hangover cures in order to try and stop Sumeragi from drinking so much.
1: Cut back to Ribbons, who's just finished level six. There are only two more, and he'll get at the final Bowser. (laughs) And then we cut to all of the presidents being like, tell everyone we have defeated Celestial Being, because in our first fight with them, we maybe injured one of their guys and lost two of ours. We win. (laughs) In, a,
0: in 19 against 4, we managed to wound one dude and lose, two gu- and lose two
1: guys. Resounding success. 19 against 6, there's a ship and a ship. The age of the Gundams is over. Now the world will change. I actually, like,
0: it sounds super dramatic, but I also kind of get the feeling of more of, like, the age of the Gundams being this unkillable terror is over, because now we can match them.
1: Yeah, I like it dramatically. It just seems like it's not...
0: It's a little preemptive.
1: Yeah. Though I guess it really wouldn't work next episode. And That's the episode. What do you think, Tyler? Zach? It's, um, it's very fighty.
2: It is very fighty. Very fighty. Um, I was going to say, I actually like it because it feels like there were actually some stakes. Walk-On actually gets hurt. I, I thought he might have actually died from that until we zoom in on the cockpit at the end of the episode. Yeah, the,
0: the Gundams are
2: now mortal. Yep. Which is kind of nice. Um, the druggies were there. They sure did exist for a few minutes
1: absolutely did no one can take that away from them <laughs>
2: it's a lot going on yeah i don't know i i, I feel like it felt kind of disjointed is really the problem and then all of a sudden fight like it didn't really do any tension building it was just yeah
0: it it kind of does that um and then it's like almost at the end there after they get the new system built it's like oh yeah end of fight here you go
1: yeah i feel like if they'd better establish how connected the gundams were to veda earlier that would have helped a lot because that's a lot of the stakes of the episode and we saw it earlier with Nodley and some other stuff but it wasn't super at the front of anyone's mind I think
0: yeah and that specifically would pertain to virtue and Nodley, not the other three
1: yeah it totally tracks it makes sense but it feels like new information so it, the tension building isn't really effective
2: yeah I also would have really liked having I mean it works for the episode but I actually would have really liked that they had made a backup of Veda immediately after meeting uh Moundu code red because they knew it was compromised at that point, and that is why they did it.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is a full backup of Veda. I think this is just enough to make the Gundams operate. Okay, that's fair. I I do, too. Yeah, Yeah. they
2: don't have a moon's worth of processing power.
1: Yeah. Do you have a high point, Tyler?
2: Um, I was trying to decide what specifically it was. I'm not sure. I'm actually going to go for uh, Patrick Collisar almost succeeding (laughs) 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 several times.
1: Zach.
0: I think I'm actually going to go with related to, to Tyler's is the dynamist shielding virtue because the that whole sequence is really kind of neat. It plays into Lockon's personality as well as the animation for taking the hit is really well done.
2: And we've established that they're bros now. They actually care about each other. Well, Lockon well.
0: always kind of gave the impression that he cared enough for the other three pilots in order to do something along those lines. That's because he's team dad. Yeah, he so. gave off a very team dad Uh, aesthetic like we joke about him being the old man of the pilots but he he definitely is and he does exude that kind of aura of like i am concerned to make sure you aren't completely batshit crazy
2: i'm just remembering now that time that he ordered milk for Setsuna.
0: (laughs) like uh i was i was thinking more along the lines of not necessarily the pilots but when he was like when he found felt and was kind of being you know mentor to felt when she was dealing with the like anniversary of her parents death or something along those lines yep and he's kind of doing that with Tyria now, so... Yeah.
1: What did you think of Akai being injured here? How concerned were you from a narrative point of view?
2: I thought he was legitimately in the realm of able to die at this point, because we're starting to have, like, we have results from character conflicts, he, like, was kind of, like, being the guy who brought the team together. If he died at this moment, I thought that would have been very narratively interesting, well, so I thought it was on the table.
0: That, that was what I was thinking, too, is that it narratively makes sense for Lock-On to die here, because he... Would go out shielding another member of the team. So, and it plays into that personality. And we're far enough into the series where I think we're getting to the point where everybody is on the table. Yep. Or at least if we didn't know we had another 25 episodes after, you know, I, this first half.
1: The stakes feel high. Definitely one of the Meisters dying right now feels like it's a possibility, right? Exactly. Mine is going to be Sets in his dream and his like rejection of it later. I actually really like that bit. It reminds me a lot of the meteor impact he saw when he was eating that hot dog. Uh, and I really like that, like, little glimpse into his head, and he's like, oh, do I want to quit? And he's like, no, I don't want to quit, actually.
2: Yeah. No, th- that was actually my runner-up, is I actually really like that sequence. <laughs>
1: yeah, same here.
2: <laughs> it, it's it's hard to say. I think Setsuna
0: might actually be my favorite character in the show. He is, they, they did a very good job of giving a quiet character a lot of personality. Yeah,
1: that's really hard to do, and so it's very impressive that they've done it. And like Felt isn't as good, but they did a pretty good job with her too. I she's all, like also a further back character. This so.
0: this watch through has really done a lot to help me because I think Setsuna being kind of quiet and not as bombastic. When I tried to f- watch this the first time, I had a lot of problems doing because I was also drawing a lot of parallels to Hero, and he is much better character than Hero is. Yes,
2: as because Setsuna is basically anti Domo. <laughs> as far as personality
1: goes. <laughs> well, uh,
0: I was I was thought of him as hero because when Jeremy at least presented this to me the first time around, this was like them remaking Wing. Okay. Which, okay. like
1: I said, is not really an opinion I share, but it's one a lot of people have. I mean, there's certainly... This is probably the Gundam series that shares the most with Wing, though. Do you have a low point, Tyler?
2: I don't have a strong low... I, I do have a low point. I will preface it with I don't think it's like a really bad low point. Just the whole framing with like all... Uh, the, the cold open was good. Uh, the second scene with, uh, Saji is just kind of weird and, like, it's hard to follow a little bit. Not because the dialogue's poorly written, it's just, like, like you said, weird framing.
1: I don't even think it's hard to follow. I just don't understand why they made that choice.
2: Yeah, it's, it took me, like, a full five seconds to realize, oh, we're in a flashback now. This is a thing that happened recently. But also, I also have no idea how much time has passed since he discovered his body and he went to go talk to that guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure when it happened, I guess.
0: Zach. That was actually gonna be mine as well. It would have been mine as well, so.
2: I've got a runner up if you want to steal it.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I think I might have to give the low point to the wonky uh pacing with yeah, we just finished build, you know, creating this uh this new backup system and hey look, bad guys. I agree, it's like
1: yeah, I feel a like little... the tension is better though if the bad guys show up before they finish the system. It exactly. That yeah. Tension, right?
0: It's more a matter of like, because they finished it before the bad guys showed up. I feel like it should go into the realm of homework. Like, this is something that, as we, as you guys mentioned earlier, they should have done that immediately upon meeting the,
1: the druggies code red. Again, but that's not a problem with this episode, right?
0: No, no, no it, but like, it, like I said, it's, it's a homework thing and just not having like the, the weird dramatic stakes right there. There is drama there, but. It's weirdly implemented. Yeah, so, I, I think I'd, the real like,
2: problem is, why did they decide to do it right yeah, then? And it, that's never established.
0: In this tactical forecasting. This, exactly, and yes. This, this episode is very strong, so I'm, I'm kind of reaching here.
2: Yeah, Sumaragi went out on a limb and was like, I bet someone's going to fuck with Veda today. And <laughs> that was her plan.
1: I just realized what mine is, which is the ending. The world leaders being like, and now the Gundams are destroyed. Nothing could possibly go wrong now that we've lost a battle.
0: <laughs> that, that was my runner-up, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just kind of spaced that. We literally just watched it, and I somehow managed to space it.
1: Do you have an MVP,
0: Tyler?
2: I think this episode's MVP for me is actually going to be Lassie. Runner-up, Patrick Collisar, but he kept getting cock so.
0: Uh <sighs> I've got two very strong contenders, but I think I have to give it to Lock-On for the big damn hero
1: moment. Yeah, Lassie and Lock-On both get big damn hero moments, right? And I can easily see doing either of those.
0: My runner-up was Setsuna, because that the dream sequence and the rejection of it.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm also considering Felt for her, like, laughing at this <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Sumeragi. She provided the alcohol. She had a good tactical plan. She was the one who realized they were under attack.
2: Good job, Sumeragi. you she arguably save the day.
1: Walk-on talked about her tragic past. All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Anything else you guys want to say?
2: Don't think so.
1: All right, It's a Gundam will return in Trans Am.
2: I, I don't think you said that energetically enough.
1: Trans Am! Thank you. It's a Gundam will return in Trans Am!
2: Your name is Cola uh-huh,
0: That's right! Oh,
2: right. You're the guy who got his ass kicked in the Gundam's first armed intervention.